Good to have you back. The Bill Michael Show. Continuing on. It's a good day today. Just a just an exciting day today. I don't know why. There's just an energy in the air. Maybe because it's March. What is the official Do you know the official day of the start of spring grant, funny chance? Is it March 20th? Let me look. Is that what it is? I'm not sure. I don't think we're that far off, to be honest with you. But uh but I'm I, maybe that's what it is. This weekend's going to be warm too. I uh, I here's the other thing that I did today. I put the new license sticker on my motorcycle today. <laughs> I know that doesn't mean much to a lot of you. Oh yeah. But you're down there and you're in the. It's kind of like when you pull your golf clubs out for the first time, you know, and you're kind of looking outside and you want to go just chip some balls in the yard or something. Uh, so today I pulled the chair out. I'm sitting on the chair. I'm underneath the. The trunk, if you will, of the uh, motorcycle, and I put the sticker on it, and I notice it's all dusty, and I'm like, ah, you know what? Maybe, maybe tomorrow I'll pull out the pressure washer, hose it off a little bit, dry it down, you know, maybe take it out a little bit on Sunday. I'm just getting an itch. I don't know why I just am. And it, it's it's day one of March. That's the most amazing thing. It's just day one of March. So, but I'm excited. I've I never am. go ahead. I've never experienced that with a motorcycle, but with a boat. Yeah. Growing up, yes. we, had a, we had a pontoon. Yep. Oh, putting that sticker on and vacuuming out the car, getting it ready to go for the year. We're yep. a little ways I, off on one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, I'm sitting here. That's for those that are watching on the live stream. That's the view outside of the window, and I'm looking at the tiki bar, and I'm thinking, okay, I got to clean up a few things. Uh, that umbrella is going to go because I got to I got to replace that. It's got some holes, small holes in it, and such, and it's getting a little bit old. But beyond that, yeah, I'm 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 fired up. I'm ready. I'm ready for summer to get here. And I was just I was on the phone last night. Um, I got back late, and I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, my cousin, as a matter of fact. And he said, you know, what are you looking forward to? And I'm I'm hopefully on Monday. I get back from the doctor. I'm cleared to fly. Maybe I can head down to spring training still this season. But I said, I, you know what? I I can't wait for. I can't wait for warm nights. Brewers game on out back. Um, you know, uh, a beverage, grilling out, sitting there with, you know, sitting in one chair, feet up in the other, computer there with me, doing a little bit of work, watching a game, smoking a cigar outside. Just, I can't wait. I'm I'm like, it's it's driving me crazy. And then I got Kristen this morning who uh, is now on the cruise ship and they are getting ready to depart. And so immediately they go do the muster station thing and if up to the uh, top deck they go. And so there's, you know, shots of her. They're already laying out and in the sun and, you know, soaking up, well, I've got 78 degrees or something like that in sunshine as they get ready to head for the Bahamas. And I'm like, you suck. <laughs> but, I, but I am getting anxious because I'm excited for warmer weather. I, I live for it. I know some people love winter, uh, but if you listen to this program, you know, I live for the warm weather. I, you know, not this year I did, uh, I did get a little overheated uh, on the day of the motorcycle ride. Uh, it was 96, 98 degrees that day, something like that. So I got a little overheated, but for the most part, I'm somebody that loves heat. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of it. You know the one thing? Do you have public, like in the uh, complex you're in, Grant, do you have a pool? No. The big complex next door does, and I feel yeah. like I could mosey my way if I yeah. really wanted to, but no pool. I don't. The one thing, I have had a uh, uh, a friend of mine is a member uh, down in Fontana, down by Lake Geneva at the Abbey Resort. 
And he has put me and Kristen on his account. And for the last few years, uh, we've gone down there. And, we, you know, when you just you have one of those days in free time, whether it's in the evening or on the weekend, on the weekend it's so crowded with all the people from Illinois. But on the weekend, you go down and you hang by the pool down at the resort. You're right next to the boat docks and everything. And it's a really nice, relaxing time. You grab a margarita, you hang in the, you know, the sun, jump in the pool, whatever. But there's nothing really, unless you join like a country club, um, there's, there's nothing really in the area where you can just go to a pool and just hang out. So I'm going to be staying with my grandma this weekend down in Phoenix, and her complex has a pool and a hot tub. Yeah. And it doesn't really get used a whole lot in March because it's such a a disconnect between people who live here and people who live down there. It's not warm down there for them. So it's not in their mind in Phoenix to go sit by the pool or to go use the pool. My grandma used to live, I don't know how often you've, you've been to Phoenix, obviously, but she used to live in Gold Canyon which is way out on the kind of the outskirts of Phoenix. And it's beautiful. She lived right across the highway from Dinosaur Mountain, which is a country club, like golf, really nice course. And they had a pool. She would just keep the membership year round. She never golfed. She never went there. She would just keep it for when the grandkids would come and visit. We could drive over and use the use the pool. And I always appreciated that. So your friend sounds like a solid friend in your Lake Geneva. Yeah, I he he's a great guy, and I've known Bob for years, and and he's uh, he's getting up there in age, and he uh, he and his wife they have a home. Her mom passed away, and he's God, he's got to be in his late seventies now, but his wife's mom had passed away, and then they got her house down in Fort Lauderdale. So the winter time they spend down there, and then they come back here in the summertime. But uh, he had just texted me and said, hey, uh, you know, um, he wasn't sure if they were going to do the thing at the Abbey anymore. And he said, hey, just so you know, it might not be there. And which, look, I've been completely fine with and I I appreciate the friendship and what he's done for me. But now I'm kind of looking like, where do I go? You know, do I go like and look at the River Club of Mequon? Do you try to join a gym that has one? You know, because unless you have one, you don't know where I don't know where to go. Uh, unless you got one of the public pools here in Waukesha, and I think there's a couple around me, I'd have to start looking. But I got to figure that out. That's one of those 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 you know you know um, first world problems, I guess is what they call them, where it's like, oh God, cry me a river. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Um, here is the thing that I want to uh, want to get to, and uh, Mike Clemens has been hard at work. God love Mike. Mike's been hard at work, and uh, I don't know what time you got him, but uh, this morning I started getting emails uh, overnight at, I th- God, I think it was about mm, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, something like that. Stuff started coming through. Uh, so coming up in the next segment, Cooper DeJean out of Iowa he uh, he was at the podium, and obviously the Packers have an interest in him. He's a, a cornerback, and it, you know what? If you look at some of the projections, he's been projected by a couple that I've seen now um, that he would end up falling to the Green Bay Packers and would, would be a guy that they would be looking at. So uh, we're going to hear from him. Also, uh, some words from Greg Gard, and we'll hear those coming up here in just a little while as well, but in the next segment. We're going to hear from Cooper DeJean, the uh, cornerback out of Iowa, who had some really good things to say, not only about the Packers, but uh, obviously his former partner over there, uh, the guy that he played with defensively, uh, Lucas Van Ness. So we're going to hear from him coming up in the next segment. So don't go anywhere on that. On that. Um, also, the uh, the NFL players survey, when that came out, by the way, I, I – 
and I don't know if you've gotten any of this, Grant, and you've discussed it on your show. There are, I, I don't know, you got the actual report from the NFLPA, right? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. All, I think there's well over a thousand players who took the survey. Yeah. The, this is what happens on social media is there are fans out there of your team and of other teams that take it upon themselves to change things. Uh, there is a popular website, a Packers website, uh, fan website, that they posted all the grades. They don't match up to what actually was stated. And I, what I wanted to tell people, because I'm getting all this, uh, I'm not going to say blowback, but people are going, wait a minute, you said this and it's this. Look, what we read you, what Grant read you, was right from the Players Association, right from them. And some of these other sites, I don't know where they got the numbers. And I wanted to clear that up because I, I had a couple people ask me about it yesterday. I was in a meeting yesterday, as a matter of fact, and uh, one of the people that were there said, hey, wait a minute, did you see this? And I said, yeah, you know what, I – they're fan sites. You you can't always trust the fan sites. You can't trust what you see on TikTok and on Facebook and on Instagram. You can't trust it all the time unless you get the memo directly from the NFL or the NFLPA. I, I don't I don't necessarily believe it. And there are times where I'll see some headlines and I'll go like, wait a minute, wow. And then I f start searching and and that's the only place you see the headline and you're going, okay, it's crap, you know. And it's become on one hand, to do our job because of the instantaneous enter button that gives you news right now, it's great. It's so f far advanced from what it used to be when you, has you had to wait for the ticker, if you will. You used to have in studios, and Grant, I don't think you ever worked with one of these things, where all of a sudden you'd hear, zzz, 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 and then you'd hear it printing out, and you'd read headlines. And those were the headlines or the story, because you had to wait for the writers to write it, and then hit the AP wire, and then hit send, and then it would go to all the AP units all over the world, and then you'd get it uh, because you didn't have the Internet. Uh, today, it's not only the Internet, but it's so far advanced, and everything's right on your phone, and everything's just an app away and a click away, and people put out a lot of stuff that's just not true. There is a website in Wisconsin, hint, hint, to use the name, that puts out headlines all the time. I get it in Google, and I finally have blocked them. Because their headlines are so, it's like the headline doesn't even match up with the story. They they write the headline to get you to click on it. And it's it's so disingenuous and so bad that you just have to be careful what you're looking at. So I there's a lot of rabbit holes out there that you can go down and start to become mind-numbed because you're getting just a lot of, a huge dose of misinformation. And... You don't want to walk around. You try to be as educated as you can. I mean, it happens to us, so I, I can't say it never happens, but uh, you try to be as educated as you can. So uh, let's do this. When we come back, we are going to uh, go down to, so to speak, down to the uh, combine. And Mike Clements hard at work at Cooper DeJean, the cornerback for Iowa. And uh, the Packers, they have an interest in this guy. So you're going to hear him speak when we come back. So don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at the ICHC, Irish Cultural Heritage Center, coming up a couple of weeks from tomorrow, two weeks from tomorrow. It is going to be the 16th. You know what that is? The day before St. Patrick's Day. And they have got Cynthia coming to town. If you've never heard them, go buy a ticket. It's going to be worth the party. They are a lot of fun, and we're going to be there. I think we got like, I don't know, 10 or 20 people going. 
and we're just going to party uh, the night before uh, St. Patrick's Day. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Hopefully you can come down and join us. There's only so many tickets available. Get a hold of our buddy Corey, 414-345-8800. But Cynthian is a combination of rock and country and Irish and Cajun, and they're just a party. And it's two brothers and a, a bass player and a drummer, and they are absolutely fantastic. Again, they're called Cynthian, and they're going to be playing – uh, on Saturday night, the 16th, ICHC.net. For more details, ICHC.net. Or just get a hold of our buddy Corey, who runs the place over there, 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. Well, we're going to go down to the combine. Coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. We uh getting ready to go down to uh, the Combine, so to speak. Cooper DeGene, DeJean, uh, spoke to uh, the media. Obviously, the Packers have an interest in him, so you're going to hear from him. Hey, uh, our friends over there at uh, Rally Point and Steel Tank Brewing, uh, their music venue is open and they're cranking. So if you have not checked it out yet, I highly recommend that you do because they have a lot, a lot of good stuff. Uh, tonight, a tribute to Iron Maiden, Aces High tonight over at Rally Point, and then Smart, uh, Smart Mouth coming up next week. Uh, next Saturday, you got Shelly Mack and the reunion. But for all the information, just go to Rally Point. Find Rally Point on Facebook and Instagram and such. But uh, tonight, tonight, if you uh, are uh, kind of an Iron Maiden fan, you like the metal, Aces high tonight out at Rally Point, and you can get a fish fry out there too uh, on the front side of things because you have um, you have a Steel Tank, which has got great food, really, really good food. If you just follow them, your mouth will water because they're taking pictures all the time, all the food that they have. So head over to a Steel Tank, and then on the weekends they have brunches too. So if you're maybe going to be out and about, maybe even riding this weekend, that might be a destination for you. But, yeah, coming up tonight, Aces High out at Rally Point. So there you have it. Um, so Cooper DeJean, uh, he is looking to be uh, a highly touted draft choice, cornerback coming out of Iowa, going to be a first-rounder. And he was asked, uh, said, hey, because he had the injury at the end of the season and uh, in November, and he was, first of all, was asked about, you know, talk about the injury and how you're doing. About the injury? Um, so I fractured my fibula uh, mid-November, had surgery. Um, I've been rehabbing ever since. Just started running full speed last week. Um, so I, pl- I plan to work out at some point before the draft. He uh, was at, because the way it happened, he was playing corner, but the accident, if you will, he was then asked to go to the offensive side of the football. And that's actually when he ended up snapping the tibula. He talks about our fibula talks about that. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely tough. It was kind of a kind of a freak thing, freak incident, you know. Um, you know, it's it's kind of crazy with all the all the injuries we had on the offensive side, and I go over there and, and get injured. It was, I mean, I don't know. It was just just kind of a, a freak thing, you know. We we had a bunch of injuries all year, so that that didn't help us at all. 
Uh, well, uh, obviously the injury, uh, he's trying to, you know, completely rehab and come back and be ready to go. He does want to work out, but he was asked why, you know, if, if you think you're going to work out in a couple of weeks, why can't you run the 40 or work out the combine this week? I, I mean, I just started running full speed last week, so I haven't, you know, I haven't, I haven't been able to train like, like I'd want to, you know, to be able to put it, put the full, you know, thing on, dis- on display. Then he was asked, you know, well, okay, we just started running, so you get it. You understand. Look, you're, you're coming back from a pretty serious injury. Uh, you don't want to do too much too soon and then hurt yourself even before you get in to the draft or anybody else's camp. So he was asked specifically, look, will you be able to run when Iowa has their pro day coming up in March? Um, I'll work out sometime before the draft. I don't think I'll be, I'll be working out at pro day, but sometime – Definitely before the draft, early April. He was asked, uh, you know, hey, look, uh, as a corner, uh, there's certain things you do well, certain things that maybe you don't. But he was asked to kind of name a play that, as far as an example of his style of play, defensively speaking. I think a play that comes to mind is one of my first my first pick six against uh, Rutgers. Um, caught caught a ball over my shoulder. Uh, I, I took it back for six. I feel like. I feel like it shows my ball skills, athleticism, all that for sure. Man to man. Yep. So he was in man to man coverage. Ball came over the shoulder. He snagged it. He does have decent hands and then ended up turning it around for six. And anytime, look, anytime you have a pick six, you're going to remember that. Hell yeah. So the question was, you know, playing alongside Lucas Van Ness and company in Iowa and, you know, uh, going to Iowa City and such, why did he decide to commit to the Hawkeyes to begin with? Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in Iowa, small town, 900 people, Oldie Bold, Iowa. Um, so I grew up an Iowa fan. Iowa was, was always always my dream. You know, growing up as a kid, you going to games there. Um, you know, so getting getting to put on the black and gold was was a dream come true for me, and I've I've enjoyed I've enjoyed every second of it. You know, coming coming from a small town um, as well, like you were talking about. You know, that that means a lot to me. I take a lot of pride in that. Um, you know, just having having this opportunity. Um, on, on this stage, being able to, to have the opportunity to play at the highest level, you know, just just being an inspiration for, for those kids back home who, who may look up to me, um, just showing them that, that this is possible, um, you know, and, and, you know, if you, if you put the work in day in and day out, you know, you can, you can create opportunities like this for yourself. Which you got to kind of admire that. You, you really kind of enjoy that answer. And uh, he did discuss, you know, hey, how tough was it for you uh, to end your season, kind of end your career in Iowa as, you know, as a junior, but also you knew you were going to the NFL. You, you'd already predetermined that, but to end it on an injury like that. Yeah, it's, uh, it was tough, you know, especially, like I said earlier, you know, being, being my dream school, you know, growing up in Iowa um, to play there. And then, you know, obviously the injury made it even more tough, you know, just not being able to end my career the way I wanted to, you know. So I had a lot of long conversations with with the coaches, you know, my family, friends, people, people close to me, um, you know. But ultimately, I feel like this was this was the best decision for myself. And he uh, was questioned a little bit uh, when it comes to um, ranking him so high in the draft, and for a guy that is a junior, ended his career on a broken fibula. You know, there's always question marks, but there are so many prognosticators that pick him to go high in the draft first round. So he was asked, you know, why does he think 
that he's ranked so high in the draft as far as the defensive backs go, and why is he going to go in the first round? I, f- I feel like it's more about my, my versatility. You know, I, I feel like I've proved that I can, I can play outside and, and inside. You know, Obviously, I haven't played safety in college, you know, but I feel like I have the ability to, to play multiple different positions in the back end. Also, uh, how would he describe his – now, pay attention to this, and here's the reason why. Because you know what Halfley has stated, about, and you know what Matt LaFleur is looking for according to Goody. So how does that match up? How does he kind of see his own style of play on defense? Uh, I feel like I feel like I'm a I'm a physical guy. You know, I can I can run. I feel like I have good good feel for the game, um, for sure. You know, I feel like I can I can help out in the run run game. You know, as, as well as as a corner. Twenty different teams have talked to him so far. Twenty, and one of them being the Green Bay Packers. He did discuss. You know what it would be like uh, if he, you know, made it to the Packers and then reunited with Lucas Van Ness. Yeah, I, I haven't met with him, um, but it'd be it'd be cool to to play with Lucas again for sure. You know, I I love my love the Iowa guys. You know, so he's he was a great teammate. You know, to to play with, just an absolute freak. So yeah, I've I've talked to him a little bit throughout this process. He's given me some good insight. So there you go, there you go. That is. Uh... That is Cooper DeJean out of Iowa. And there's been some good Iowa guys that have come through. I mean, obviously, Lucas Van Ness is now on the squad. But you go back to, like, Aaron Campman. Aaron Campman was a work dog. A lot of folks, like, I think, are scared about uh, a Josh Jackson 2.0 situation. Yeah. I think so. There's some hesitance, yep. which is unfair, but it's understandable that fans would. That's where our mind would go. Yep. I completely get it. 100%. Um, but they have had some success over there uh, as well. So, uh, anyway, that being said, there you have it. So that was uh, Cooper DeJean, and Mike Clemens caught up with him and got a chance to uh, throw a mic in front of him and listen to the Q&A with the rest of the media. So we got all kinds of stuff coming up. We'll talk with Mike coming up a little bit later on today, final hour of the program, live down in Indianapolis, is really there underway now, uh, big time down there for the, uh, for, the, for the combine, for all the physical testing and such that's going on. So we'll talk with Mike. Uh, we're also going to hear from Greg Gard coming up here in a little bit. Don't forget, coming up at the top of the hour, uh, our guy, Tyler Dunn from Go Long TD, who is also at the Combine. Uh, Tyler's going to join us, too. We'll talk with him and get his thoughts as to uh, some of the depth positions as well uh, here at the Combine. So got all of that coming up here in just a little bit. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at The Water Doctors. And I, let me say, I, I had a terrific meeting last night, and we are really doing some cool things regarding the motorcycle ride, and I cannot, I cannot wait. We haven't crossed the T's and dotted the I's yet. But I cannot wait to tell you the direction this thing's going because this might be our biggest. And we are so excited. But uh, our friends at the Water Doctors, big supporters, uh, John Atley and his staff and Amber, they are great people and they are big into philanthropic work, uh, specifically with veterans. So if you're looking not only for a terrific water softener, what I consider to be the best on the market because I have it in my home. I bought it. That's how much I believe in it. I put my money where my mouth is. It's awesome. But they're the ones that installed it. They're the ones that did the work. They're the ones that pointed me in the right direction to be to begin with. And they're the ones that proved it to me that this was the best one out there on the market. So they've got a great product, and they're very philanthropic. I mean, what more do you want out of a company? It's the Water Doctors, H2, the letter O, H2Odoctors.com, or just simply call 262-549-7733, 262-549-7733. 
give them a shout, and they are great people to deal with. And like I said, they keep giving back to veterans and military members and their families and such. So just good people over there. That's the Water Doctors, h2odoctors.com or 262-549-7733, anywhere in the state of Wisconsin. Stay tuned. More of the Bill. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wonderful Friday, nice, warm-looking, all kinds of good stuff. I mean, I'm just uh, just enjoying the day today. That's the reason I keep putting the uh, the camera on the outside. Look at that, just beautiful. Got a breeze blowing back there. Uh, I have not completely un or you know dewinterized or summarized the the tiki bar and stuff yet, but I'm I'm getting there. I really want to, but I, I know, I know. You know, look, you in the state of Wisconsin through all the way through the end of April. Hell, there's times it doesn't get really nice and steadily warm until the third week of June. So we're not out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination because at any point in time, Mother Nature come by and, uh, you know, kick you right in the groin. So, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not ready to, to acquiesce to that, but it does make me dream a little bit. That's for damn sure. I got an email, and I wanted to I wanted to go over this real quick because we're sitting here talking about the combine and football and and, you know, about, you know, young guys, quarterbacks coming into the league. And uh, Dustin in Fitchburg says, hey, unit, uh, listen to you all the time and uh, listen to the recaps over on Spotify. Love the program. Been listening now for a little over a year. Don't change a thing. Uh, you guys uh, and your Packers coverage rock. He said, do you think that, and I, it goes on and on, but I don't want to re- bore you with it. He said, do you think that Jordan Love was this good because he sat behind Aaron Rodgers or because Matt LaFleur geared the offense towards him? Or would he have been this good anyway if he would have started right away year one? Uh, again, love the program, Dustin of Fitchburg. That's, it's hard to answer because we know all the different circumstances that have already transpired and we know the timeline. But you, there's, there's three things that I think happen specifically. One is, yes, I I do believe he learned from Aaron Rodgers a lot. Aaron Rodgers is, regardless of what you think of the guy, he's an unbelievably cerebral quarterback, and he can recognize things very quickly. You know, I've often called him the Matrix walking to the line of scrimmage. He just is. He's he's that good, Uh, undeniably. So, yes, Jordan Love in his first three years, he learned. He learned what to do and even maybe so what not to do. You know, because there was, towards the end of Aaron's career, a lot of consternation that, hey, look, you're locking on one guy. You're not running the offense the way it's, you know, he's probably seen it, you know, in meetings. Hey, why did you go to this guy? Why did you wait so long? Why did you focus on just Devontae? Why did you focus on, on, on just Alan Lazard when, you know, two or three other guys are open, you know? And he probably could even maybe at times see the frustration between Rodgers and LaFleur, or more so LaFleur, for, you know, the the offense not being, you know, run the way that he wanted it to. So all of that stuff, I think, plays into it, absolutely. Um, 
I think there's uh, the second reason I think he was kind of that good is Tom Clements has a way of developing talent. And I think Tom did some good things. Specific, you can look, go back to midseason, and Jordan Love got off to a really fast start, looked good, and then there was a decline. And you're like, what the hell is going on? It's like you practice all offseason for one team, and the rest of the season didn't matter. And you looked at him at the top of his drop, and he had a lot of hopping going on, a lot of movement. There was a whole lot of whole lot of work going into no results, you know. And he even in one of his you know Wednesday press conferences even mentioned that that he you know got a lot of movement and motion at the top of his drop. And I think Tom Clemens saw that and said, "Okay, let's go back to fundamentals." Um, it was noted, um, I go back to Dan Orlovsky on ESPN, called him the biggest disappointment about midway through the season, the biggest disappointment for what you saw in the beginning of the season versus what was happening then. And talked about his footwork, talked about him hopping, talked about the movement, throwing off the back foot, the inaccuracy, and basically said, look, when he settles down and he leans into it, he's, he's, he's on the money. So I think that – I'm not saying that that had a lot to do with it, but when you get publicly called out like that, um, I think that has uh, a little bit of an effect, or at least maybe it reemphasizes what's going on behind closed doors. So I think that was part of it. But I also think he just went and ran the offense. I think what Matt LaFleur did was – was really solid in the in he really liked to use two tight end sets, the eleven personnel. He liked to move guys around, the movement and the motion, stuff we didn't see in the beginning of the season. And then once the wideouts got together and started getting on the same page, the offensive line, they they were shuffling it, but they started to settle because you knew what each guy his tendencies were. You started to get it where his strengths and weaknesses were. So it was, yes, running the offense. It was, yes, learning from Aaron Rodgers. Yes, from Tom Clements. And then I think the guys around him got better. So really that's four things. So that all contributed to it. Do I think that he would have been this good in his first year? Uh, My instinct is no. Because by the time he played and got – the nod as the starter, he had already been through a couple of games with a start. Um, he'd been through three years of study in the system behind Aaron Rodgers. He had time to make mistakes behind closed doors, so he could kind of make a mental note of what not to do. So, no, I don't think so. It's It's so tough for first-year quarterbacks to just come in and take off. It just is. Um, defensive coordinators, at least defensive coordinators that have been around a while, they've got enough tricks in their quiver to throw at you in so many different ways and weapons. I just think that it's easier to confuse a young quarterback on the fly in his first year 
than it would be to confuse a quarterback that's starting his third year, that is seen a little bit more and maybe recognizes a little bit more. That's just my opinion, but I I, I don't think he would have been this good. Uh, so that was a long way to get from point A to point B, but it's a really good question. Well, and, you know, he asked what, if he if Jordan Love learned from Aaron Rodgers and that's why he's great? Um, I, I think, and Goody said this earlier in the week, you know, if every team could sit a quarterback for two or three years, they would. They'd it's love just to do it. almost impossible to do unless you have a guy that's so great where right. you can't have a quarterback uh, controversy, you know, because it would be easy. Like the Bears, remember when they had Mike Glennon and they were sitting Justin mm-hmm. Fields behind Mike Glennon? Like, yeah. give it four or five weeks. It's Mike Glennon. People are going to start to call right. for Fields. And that's just not going to happen when you have Farber Rogers. That I think we yeah. lose that part of it a lot. Nope. Uh, 100% agree. Uh, this, here's another question. And I, I want to talk about this real quick too, but Gene says the best time to draft a quarterback is when you absolutely positively don't need a quarterback, but backup quarterbacks have become more of a necessity now on many teams throughout the NFL. Would you draft a quarterback in this year's draft because you don't need one? No, no. If, if you get a guy that you believe is better than Sean Clifford, maybe you go in that direction. Not now. You you just you have year one under your belt. Now's not the time. Now's not the time. You know, there's going to be plenty of time in year two or three or four to maybe draft another quarterback as a backup. But no, not not doing it. I know, philosophically speaking, the best time to draft a quarterback is when you don't need one, but not at the very beginning of the regime of a new era of quarterback, especially one that shows a ton of promise. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I, 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 look, I understand the philosophy. It's a, it's a great question, but I would be shocked, shocked if the Packers took a quarterback. Let's say one of the top quarterbacks fall like Aaron Rodgers did, you know, you get Drake may, you know, something like that. Jaden falls, whatever. Somebody falls. And for whatever reason, there's a mark or a stigma on them, and they're like, they're, they're not even being drafted. And they fall into your lap? Yeah, you can't deny that. But, no, I'm not not doing it. Not, and I'm not going to go after a late-round guy. You've got a late-round guy. you got Sean Clifford in your stable already. Not going to do it. Well, Goody said earlier this week, he basically confirmed, we love Sean Clifford. He's proven he can be a number two and maybe yeah. more. Those were his right. words earlier this week. So Yeah. I and I, I just I'm, I'm, I'm no I'm not doing it. I can stutter all over myself, but no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Uh, a couple of years down the road, depending on injuries and such, then maybe consider it. But no, not right now. Not gonna. Not gonna go in that direction. And, you know, and then you you know, knock on wood that there isn't a debilitating injury that happens to Jordan Love specifically late in the season to where you need a at least a second year guy or third year guy or whatever that's been in your system a while to suddenly take over uh, for a year because your guy isn't going to be ready. But, uh, you know, but that's, that's not the way you plan. You have to plan for the unplanned. I understand that, but that's not the way you, you build your team right now. You need certain things. You need uh, additional weapons. You need to strengthen that defense because your window right now, at least we all believe is open. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Don't, you know, don't stockpile it with stuff that you don't need right now. Get 
get the guys that you need. Like I said, if one falls to you that you have highly, highly rated that nobody grabbed, then, yeah, you, you do it. You can't help yourself because you, you, otherwise, philosophically, you would be going against uh, all the grains. You would say, hey, look, you know, I'm going to say best available, but I'm going to reach for a quarterback. No, I'm not going to do that. Got to do that. 877-867-1670. Find us again, 877-867-1670. Stay right where you're at. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. Coming up in about 10 minutes, our guy Tyler Dunn, Ty Dunn from golongtd.com. He's at the Combine. He'll join us coming up just after the top of the hour. We'll be right Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I mentioned a little earlier that uh, Kristen's off on her uh, weekend cruise. She's got she's got a friend of hers that's getting ready to get married, so they got a bachelorette cruise going on, and they are sailing. I think they're on Royal Caribbean. They're sailing uh, to the Bahamas this week, so uh, they are now uh, departing the port. But uh, if you are looking for a vacation of any kind, whether it's a bachelorette cruise, bachelor getaway, or you just want to do the couple's thing or a family thing, whatever it happens to be for all of your resort needs, cruise needs, sport travel vacation needs, let Melissa and Michael help you plan and book the next amazing getaway that you want to take. It's just, it's called Dream Vacations. And don't let the, the word dream fool you because it's not, it doesn't come with, you know, exorbitantly expensive vacations. It just means dream vacations, what you've always wanted to do. Let them help you plan it out, put you in the right destination, keep you safe, keep you safe. That's a big thing, especially when you're traveling out of the country. Keep you safe and uh, tell you the best places, the best things to do, and the best value for your money as well. Your local independently owned and operated dream vacations franchise, that's Michael and Melissa, and they do a lot for veterans as well. So uh, tell them you're a veteran, and they'll waive the fees, waive your fees, uh, all that too. It, it, so they do a ton. Uh, and they, I just had somebody that just got a hold of me the other day that booked a vacation with them that said, oh, my God, not only did they save him money, but they gave him some better options because he really wasn't sure where he wanted to go when he got to his destination because uh, he wanted to go to an all-inclusive resort in Mexico. And they said, this is really nice, but – and then talked about some of the areas and the crime and some of the things going on there. They directed him to a different resort, uh, which is better and uh, for the same amount of money. So he was really appreciative, and uh, we, which I'm glad that it paid off because that's what advertising is supposed to do. But it's Dream Vacations. Call them 414 anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, by the way, or anywhere for outside of the state of Wisconsin for that matter. 414-208-4221. 414 208 4221 414 208 4221 or to go or go to B L T B as in boy L T Dream Vacations. Get a hold of Michael and Melissa. They're just great people. Great people. Trustworthy people. That's the best part. Good stuff. Uh 877 867 1678 Um this is from uh, Kathy. Kathy says, uh, do you think that Jordan Love got better as the offensive line got better this year? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> when you're Once the offensive line really got, you know, which is a great point, okay? It's very general, but it's a great point because, remember, I go back to the middle of the season. There was the talk of 
you know, hops at the top of his drop and nervous feet and thrown off the back foot. And that was due in part to pressure that Jordan Love was feeling. Now, as the season went on, that pressure dwindled. But early on, the Bears game was really good. And even the backside of the New Orleans game was pretty good. And after that, it was a little herky-jerky. And they, you know, Max Crosby was disrupting. Uh, T.J. Watt was disrupting. You know, they, the Denver's defense got after him. You know, and there was just a lot of – it just looked dysfunctional. And there was a lot of shuffling going on between Yash Nyman, Rasheed Walker, and guys on that offensive line, and John Runyon and such. And they were moving guys in and out. And, you know, Zach Tom was moving inside and outside. And so they had a lot going on. And finally they started to settle into a groove. So, yeah, it all goes hand in hand. 100% agree. It all goes hand in hand. Because if you can have a stable offensive line, you know kind of the tendencies of protection. And especially when the uh, the run game really kind of opened back up. Don't forget, while they were struggling, they didn't have Aaron Jones. Remember that. It was when Aaron Jones came back that really things started to get good because Aaron Jones was looked at as kind of they were, you know, defense. You heard defensive coordinators saying, well, it begins and ends with Jones. We have to stop him. And you got to figure out a way to get past him because he's really good at blitz pickup. So Aaron Jones was not only a, a running viable option, but he's also really good when it comes to blitz pickup. And he's another safety net for the quarterback. Plus, he was an outlet pass. He just, he's very, very versatile. And I really think that's when everything started to come together and Jordan Love started to play some of his best football. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Jordan Love, he's the quarterback. He's going to get a lot of credit and he has to play well. But when he got his running back, trustworthy running back behind him, when the offensive line began to stabilize, the wide receivers were all meeting together uh, after every game and talking to one another and trying to get on the same page and studying together and everything, I think that's when everything began to fall into place. I, it, it's never just one thing. You don't – I know football players want to say it's their job, and it is. But it's dependent upon the level of pride that you take within your job. It really is. If the, if the wide receivers don't meet, if they don't start looking at each other and holding each other accountable and taking it serious, if you just come in – you do your, I hate to say nine to five because that's not what football is, but if you do your nine to five, you go in, you do your job, you go home, you forget about it, do a little bit of studying, but you don't collaborate with anybody and you're still having the same issues, then you're, then you're finger pointing. It's not me, it's him. I'm, I'm going to go do my same thing. You know, I, I think when the collaboration began to happen with the receivers, with the linemen, with Jordan Love, Jones comes back, that's when everything really hit the ground running. I believe that. So, but really good question. Uh, okay, coming up after the top of the hour, Tyler Dunn from GoLongTD.com. He's actually down at the Combine, and he'll uh, kind of give us his thoughts on the draft, on the process, maybe some stories that we haven't really gotten you know, into, we haven't delved into too deep. And uh, maybe he's got something specific he's working on. I would assume he does. So we're going to talk with Tyler Dunn coming up here uh, after the top of the hour. Don't forget. We're about an hour and 15 minutes away. Mike Clemens will then take us the rest of the way from down in Indianapolis as well, and we'll get his perspective on everything that's going on, maybe what the Packers are 
very quietly doing down there, who they seem to be paying more attention to. So we'll talk with Mike about that coming up here in just a little bit as well. So there you go. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends out there at uh, uh, J&L Tire Service Center, uh, both in Watertown and in Johnson Creek. Johnson Creek right above I-94. And they want to say thank you for voting them the best tire dealer out there, whether it's an oil change or tires and brakes and such for your big rig. They can handle it all. That's jnltire.com. More of the Bill Michaels Show. It's all coming up right after this. <laughs> 